Hey everyone, welcome to Bible Bitches. Um, we're so excited to be back this season. Uh, I am here with Laura Barclay, who's a Baptist minister in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and she's of course fantastic and amazing and doing great work in the church, even though I disagree with the church. And I am here with the one Sarah Hoff, who is working in the hospital, saving lives. <laughs> no. From the administrative standpoint. Hmm. you're administratively saving lives mm -hmm. yeah like this a badass executive lady anyhow anywho today just, just a fabulous business lady in LA <laughs> I'm a businesswoman mm -hmm. I carry a briefcase because you're an independent woman <laughs> it's full of tacos <laughs> mine's full of cookies <laughs> <laughs> Um, and today, um, as you know, we're, we're doing our series on um, contemporary Christian music or Christian rock from the 90s. Um, we haven't gotten a cease and desist yet, which is great. Um, and today we're doing Jackie Velasquez, On My Knees. And yes, it is as sexual as the title suggests. I recommend I you go listen to it as anybody, like, I remember because it came okay. out in 1996. So I was like, what, uh, like, I must've been like 14, 15. Okay. And um, I remember it just being like this beautiful worship song. And now listening to it, mm -hmm. it is hella sexual. I have never heard of the song and, or heard this song until uh, about five minutes before we started recording. And then I listened to it. And my counterpoint is please don't listen to it. It's really <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> um. I will, I will say that to be fair, I, I mean, like, I do not agree with Jackie Velasquez's like political, like, I don't know about her politics, but her like um, religious viewpoint, but she's done a lot, like both in um, this and like the Latino communities, like she's, she's produced, she's like written books. She's been in movies. She's wow. done a ton of albums. And um so she's, she's like probably the first person that we've covered. Who's like actually still out there getting it and like, wow. in a long, long-term kind of way. Well, um, cool. That's good to yeah. know. I, I, you know, uh, of course, uh, if you're, if you're just joining us and have not listened to any episodes, Sarah was a little bit more steeped in the church growing up than I was. Um, and so I didn't really listen to a whole lot of contemporary Christian music. Um, and so just reacting to these songs as an adult is very uh, uncomfortable. And uh, <laughs> this one especially so, I feel like, you know, when you said it was gonna be on your knees, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, that's. Yeah, so that's listener, the, the refrain, like the, yeah. yeah, the refrain is, I get on my knees, I get on my knees. There I am before the love that changes me. See, I don't know how, but there's power when I'm on my knees. And that's just like in the blue skies in the midnight when I'm on my knees. Yeah. I can't I can't think about anything else but that song by Madonna. When you call my name, I can feel the Oh, power. like a prayer. Just like a prayer. Yeah. And that oh, whole song was about oral sex. That whole like that song was so irreverent. I remember being like so like a guess when I saw that but also like intrigued oh I loved that song that was one of my favorite songs growing up yeah because uh, my parents let me listen to secular music I don't think they knew what that song was about um but I loved it I was 
getting some sexy nun energy off of that. Um, the first Madonna song that I ever listened to and I was like, I want to be that was um, the one where she's in the red dress, uh, Material Girl. It was Material Girl. Oh. And like the video is her in this like like red gown and she's being like carried around by like men in suits. Oh, yes. Like, and I was like, that's very Leo of you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to be adored. <laughs> I love I it. Men. Yes. Get um, it. Mine was La Isla Bonita. I don't know that one. Oh, it's oh, it's nice. It's a it's like a nice vacation sort of sultry vacation song. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's still frequented on my playlists. Nice. Yeah. 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 I should put Material Girl on a playlist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I, why is it that both of our Madonna songs really, I feel like both of those really ring true for our Zodiac signs. But anyway, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, and also like so much of her stuff was, was like, you know, um, in response to or like her edginess was in that like sexuality kind of yeah and in response to her catholic upbringing right 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 so that's partially why we get all these themes i almost feel like that's a foil or or this is a foil to that song in a lot of ways Um, yeah i can i don't know if i don't know if it is or isn't but it feels like it to me as someone who i don't again disclaimer i know nothing about jackie velasquez uh and this is the first song I've ever heard by her. And again, I'm looking at this through the lens of a uh, recovering Southern Baptist. Uh, but wow. Um, and the juxtaposition, I feel like, between the um, the refrain and then the rest of the song is interesting. Because like it starts off like there are days when I feel the best of me is ready to begin. Then there are days when I feel I'm letting go and soaring on the wind because I've learned in laughter or in pain how to survive. So this sounds like it could be the beginning of some sort of like lady power ballad. <laughs> and then it goes, I get on my knees, I, I get on my knees. There I am before the love that changes me. See, I don't know how, but there's power when I'm on my knees. Um, yeah, so that goes in a different direction. Uh, I, that's it, it does. It feels like it goes from like Miss Independent to... Uh, you know, something else. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's, that's something that absolutely struck me too, is that she's saying that she has power in a place in like a physical situation. Like if you did that physically, it's very, very vulnerable and it's mm. very, very submissive. Yeah. Which is, isn't that kind of sort of like what, you know, if you subscribe to like like you know sort of old school um evangelical biblical ideals of womanhood um then it's like women should be submissive and it's not really their choice it's that it's that that's uh it's you know because i would i would differentiate between like what people choose to do in the bedroom right or or how they would identify as like dominant or submissive uh because that's that is something they're choosing and negotiating with a partner this yeah. that so I'm it's interesting because like I don't I don't um there there are some interesting themes here where where is she coming from with this yeah some of the, so some of the things that I really bumped up against was um like I, I really kind of couldn't get over that line of because I've learned in laughter and in pain how to survive mm-hmm. and then she goes into the refrain I get on my knees I get on my knees and 
that whole piece of like and in pain which coming from a christian background the in pain piece is something that like women like a just in the medical field it's something that women are often dismissed for and i've had many friends who have had like long-term medical issues because their doctors would not take them seriously about their pain in the beginning mm-hmm. um but additionally well you you go first i, don't well, I just would just jump in i would just you know go with that and say like in the therapy field but also in the church like i think a lot of women feel like they have to sort of suffer an abusive relationships and so what does that mean in terms of pain um and laughing well, and pain is this like kind of a kind of a masking situation where I'm I'm laughing kind of over the pain um I'm learning how to survive through it and then I just got to keep praying I just got to get on my knees yeah so like that coupled with the like uh what is it the like in the love that changes me so that to me conjured up this uh, this like vibe of she is she's like fully happy being changed by this other by this love Mm-hmm. Um, which is very, very common in the Christian community, I would say in lots of different kinds of Christian community, community, but in this kind of ideal where she's fully submissive and she is willing to be changed and she is going, and she's like willing to do that through pain. There's, there's a lot there that I'm like, I don't feel good about this. Yeah. Or, you know, um, I, it still haunts me to this day, but, um, there was a, a ministry class, Sarah, um, that you and I had to take, um, every year of divinity school and it was called the art of ministry. And in the first year, first semester, the first example we were given was, um, and you had to like draw out of a hat or something like what, and then discuss. And the, the first thing I drew was, a woman comes to you and has been told like she's in an abusive relationship and she has been told historically that her pain um, in the abuse is equated with what Jesus felt on the cross and that she should just endure it. And what, what would you tell her? And that was really horrifying to me, but I think it's something that a lot of women, you know, feel. And so there's, I read this and I'm like, there's so, there's so much going on in this song um, of like, oh, maybe the, and I'm wondering is is the love that changes me is the love changing her to accept her lot in life? Or is it, I need to, I need to change what's going, I need, I need to fight against what's going on because it feels more like just acceptance and submission. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely reading it in that lens that this is a specific kind of Christian mentality that yes, would be like, I just need to accept what comes at what comes at me. And then also I got to say like reading some things about her from like later on um, and like, you know, things that happen like in our family and things and like articles and things like that. It, it definitely vibes that um, mm-hmm. where she's like, you know, I just need to accept this. And the stuff that she talks about is totally reasonable. Like her son has autism or, or something like that. And she's like, I just need to accept this and like rejoice or like whatever that God gave this to me, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a different situation, but in a larger context speaks to that idea of like accepting a, um, a, a situation that is problematic, 
and not understanding the difference between um, choosing agency and choosing love. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Because I would imagine at that point she had not yet had her son because I feel like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. one thing to say, okay, how do I advocate for my kiddo? Um, right. Because I feel like there's a lot of, you know, maybe like bias or misunderstanding about autism. Right. So how do I make the world more, a more accepting place versus which isn't in of itself kind of a fight, right? It's not, um, on behalf of your child. So I don't know. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting lens. I would definitely be wording this differently, but you know, it's her experience. So I'm not going to poo poo it, but yeah. So it made me, um, like where it took me in like my thought process was like, I just was really bumping up against that idea of pain. And, um, and one of the, like, there were two things that kind of stuck out, stuck out to me. There was one that was, um, I don't know if you saw this, but a couple of weeks ago, um, Liberty University was sued by 12 women claiming that the school policies made sexual assault and rape more likely. Did you see that? No, I did not. Do tell. Okay, so these 12 women, what this is truly wild because this is these are things that like teens who went to camp there in like 2000, uh, like I don't even know because they're all Jane Doe, that kind of thing. What is wild is that um, one, uh, like, uh, like I don't know if it's all the same perpetrator, I assume not, but at least one of the perpetrators was a, uh, a guy named, um, Jesse Matthew Jr., who went on to kill two women at Virginia Tech. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that kind of, that whole thing of like, you know, there's, they're suing the school because the school made it really difficult for them to report. They, it, was, it was, of course, like a lot of victim blaming and refusing to believe and, you know, all of, all of that stuff. And then, and then, you know, and then of course, in like this one case, and also not just college students, but also like kids, like 15 year old girls who were going there for, for the summer, for a camp. Um, and then I think like on top of that, like layered so much into this, the reason why I would say that these women, myself included, are easy targets is because we just don't know. Like, again, when I was listening to this song at 15, I would have never, ever, 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 ever thought I didn't, I barely, I barely believe that sex was a thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but if so, you're listening, the 14 year old lens is just submission, submission, submission. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so there's definitely, and, and that is something that is, I think a lot more prevalent in the Protestant Christian church than we would like to think. It keeps coming out in the Catholic church, but I think it's, it's very, it's all in the Christian, in the Protestant church as well. We just don't, um, I think it's just more disparate and they're, and because it's not part of like a larger, they're like these kind of silos. Yeah. It's easier to cover up. 100%. I think you're, I think you're spot on. And also there's not like, because there's so many different Protestant silos, it's really hard to have any sort of like oversight on it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so there was that article, which I'm like kind of grappling with. And then I was reading, um, I mean, for this podcast, um, I pulled out 
what is this? Uh, Body, Sex, and Pleasure by Christine Gudorf. And in it, she goes into this whole, like, she really deconstructs Christianity and sexuality and, like, women and that kind of thing. And she, like, she has this really good quote where she kind of, the idea of, like, the, the body and the self or more like the self and the body she kind of contextualizes it a little bit in this like mind-body duality. Mm-hmm. And in that duality, um, she's, like, she says, if like you're approaching the self from that mind-body duality, she says, as far as like women speaking or like interacting with women, she says, love was not understood to forbid one from inflicting pain and suffering on the love object. But in fact, love, whether of self or other, frequently demanded inflicting pain in order to produce virtue in the other. Inflicting bodily pain was legitimate, was legitimated, legitimated because the body was not the self, but only the dangerous shell that the real self, the spiritual soul inhabited. And I think that that makes a lot of sense in this context because I get that vibe from this song where she's just like, I am a vessel, I am kneeling before you, please change me. And yeah, which is like fundamentally, I would argue, not doctrinal. Like, because if if what won out, you know, in the early Christian battles of like, you know, what do we think Jesus is, you know, fully human, fully divine, whatever, it was both, which means that the body and the spirit are sacred. And so if we're saying that we can just punish the body at the, you know, at the expense of the soul, like to make the soul better then that's that's not that's not right yeah but i mean but like yes but that's also like a much more modern take right like there are numerous examples of aesthetics and um and just like just like i'm gonna go sweepingly like catholic christian who um who intentionally inflict pain on themselves because they think that that is like their way to heaven like that's their penance Um, i think I think you're right, but I think it's always been, I think you're right. I think that's always been wrong. I think it's always been that the, that what was decided early on was that it's both body and spirit, but there's always been this like heavy counter narrative. That's like, no, we've got to punish the body, punish the body, punish the body, punish the body. Ergo who gets punished? It's women because women's bodies are seen as like temptresses and vile and, and you know, all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when like like part of that duality um, is that the like the body self is the the sinful self, right? Mm-hmm. And that your spiritual self, like the soul or the mind, is the is the righteous self. Mm-hmm. And when when in a patriarchal society, men view women as by their through their bodies or for their bodies, then and then like get to blame the women for their quote unquote simple or like lustful desire for them, then that just makes the women like both, like not only do they lack agency, but now that they, now they are like fully at the whim of this other person. That I like blame they, neo-Platonianism. Like it's just bleh. like, that's just like this, <laughs> this Greco-Roman like bullshit stuff that infected i mean it's not just greco-roman these this went back to you know early hebrew days where 
women had to go sit on a rock outside the outside the like camp because they were on their period like the red tint the red tint you know this is this is a thing that's been long long unquestioned long unquestioned it's wild that it's only gotten here that we've come so far and it's only being questioned now um and and then like what that means for sexual violence because again she talks about this pain but can we can we have like have a moment for like how people in the church let's face it predominantly like white men who are in charge of the church react to women who are domestic by who are like in throes of domestic violence who have been raped who are in unsafe positions and they say well you need to just suck it up and deal with it or you need to be more of a submissive wife mm-hmm. or blah 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 yep yeah it's it's horrendous I mean I still think that that's unfortunately all too prevalent um that the, that there's this sense of that's your that's your role and that's your cross to bear and um yeah I it's it's really unfortunate um, so as, as, as amusing as this, as aspects of the song are, you know, that I think that there's a, a darker undercurrent of the effect. It's, it's, I think, indicative of the effect that some of this music had on girls in the nineties and early aughts of, uh, of sort of unquestioning submission. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like it, it is like on the surface, it is hilariously erotic, like yeah, very tone deafly erotic. Um, right. It's almost like I was thinking Julian of Norwich vibes. Is it Julian of Norwich <laughs> that had the like, uh, you know, all those um, sort of erotic experiences with Jesus? Um, <laughs> I think so. Yes. Yes. Where she was like, oh, yeah, Jesus is like on me or whatever. Uh, yeah. If you haven't read Julian of Norwich, I do think that we had an earlier episode on that, if anyone's curious, um, a few seasons back. But mm-hmm. uh, but she had some very erotic encounters with Jesus. Um, and <laughs> yeah uh, uh, <laughs> um but this uh, uh while this has sort of on the surface julian of norwich vibes i think the timing in terms of like purity culture mm-hmm. um really get, getting its footing in the late 80s and 90s and and early aughts um this this whole kind of submission thing is is a, a bit disturbing yeah i don't know if that's how she intended it but i think in terms of how, the experience that we all saw women and um, especially young girls having in like the evangelical world at that time and place was, was not good. It was not good. Yeah. And I like, I think we talked about this a little bit in our last podcast about like what the artist intended versus like what the art is and how it's written and how it's interpreted. And that's the thing is that like, yeah, it's probably, she probably recorded it just in this like, this is like a beautiful worship song and speaks to my relationship with Christ and all this kind of thing. But it's also, you know, really problematic mm-hmm. if you think about it. Agree or if you agree. think about it through my specific lens. <laughs> agree to agree. <laughs> um, and, uh, and like, I think one of my initial impressions was like, like horde, like the virgin whore dichotomy because like the virgin would read that as super innocent and the whore would read that as super sexual. Oh my God, we're whores now. <laughs> there we are. Hey. 
We're so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's really are. are boring as shit. Yes. Unless you're unless you're choosing to be a virgin and then get it, girl. Yeah. Or, or you're like asexual. No well, shame. No yeah. shame. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Do you? I'm just saying that for me, mm-hmm. it was rooted in a very stifling. Yeah, it was not, a, it was, I felt like we were, I felt like the way that virginity was presented to us was like, it's, it wasn't a choice, it wasn't a choice, right? It was the sense of like, you are either, you, you, you have to be virginal until marriage or you're dirty and bad and there, and assumption of marriage, right? And then, then you have to be the sort of like, you know, good wife or whatever, um, yeah. and what, you know, and what does that mean? Right. It's yeah. very, um, it's very problematic. So yeah, the whole, the whole like, um, analogy of like tape gets less sticky, the more things you stick to it. Oh God. Or, or the whole like food coloring. Did you do the food coloring one? I don't think we did the food. We did the rose, like, like you pull off the petals or whatever. Oh, oh, we did the one that was like, um, you have a, a glass of water and look how pure it is whenever mm. it's unadulterated. And then like, um, but then if, if we put one drop of food coloring in somebody's glass and then we start sharing glasses, everybody's water is dirty. Right. That's oh. what STIs are. Yeah. Just food coloring on your genitals. Oh, FYI, this is... Yeah apropos of nothing but um I read something today about how um a lot of antibiotics aren't actually like some are like you should like some are really hard on your liver if you drink if you drink while you're taking antibiotics but some of them people just like doctors just started saying that because they didn't want people to get drunk and then it was like a syphilis thing like they didn't want people to get drunk and then like keep having sex with people who had syphilis (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) they're just telling her like um oh yeah here's this but like here's some centrum silver vitamins but just don't have sex while you're don't have sex don't have sex don't drink and don't have sex I don't know. Please, for the love of God, bring the syphilis rates back. (laughs) That's excellent. It's so good. I mean, I like that I saw on Reddit, so I don't know if I can back it up, but I I could absolutely believe it. So many good things and bad things come from Reddit. (laughs) I love Reddit. Yeah, I do too. It's super, (laughs) it's super sexist though. Yeah. Yeah. There are some really ugly pockets of Reddit. Yep. But yeah, but two X chromosomes is good. Yeah, there like you that. go. Yeah. Anyways, anywho, this was a good. I feel like I feel like we have plumbed the depths of on my knees, <laughs> Jackie Velasquez, uh, and we I encourage so, you to get on your knees later today and listen to the songs, <laughs> or don't just get on your knees and have some fun. Um, but. <laughs> but safe, safe, consensual fun. Uh, Sarah, thank you for choosing this song. This was, this was a real journey. (laughs) It was, it is, it is a hilarious and cringy and problematic song. And, but those are the best kind. Agreed. Agreed. For, for the worst kind of dance party. (laughs) Where you have to Save six feet for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, you just see like a group of like 
you know, blooming pubescent teens who like don't really understand sex and they're like dancing to this song and they're like turned on, but they're not sure why. Okay, two things. One, never say blooming pubescent again. (laughs) Um, Second, um, that made me viscerally go back in time to a dance whenever I was in high school, um, my first slow dance with a boy, um, which was Casey and JoJo's All My Life. Uh, And I got about two bars. It was like one of those things where we just get to the dance and we start dancing to it or we we like, you know, it's like an in-sync song and we're like finish up in sync. And then Casey and JoJo's All My Life comes on. And like, y'all, for those of you who've never heard that song, go listen to it. It's too serious for a high school dance. It's like All My Life, I've waited for somebody like you and I hope that you felt it's too much. And, and he looked in my eyes and we got like, I, like a stanza in and I panicked and I was like, I like punch. Do you like punch? I'm going to get punched. And then I ran away. (laughs) That was freshman Laura in Christian (laughs) high school. (laughs) I think that's fair. Nobody knows how to deal with like those, those feelings that early. No, it was too much. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, no you just should all, it should all just be fast songs in high school. <laughs> just, no slow dance. Just, they just play digital get down by NSYNC on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deep cut and I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. I had no strings attached. I kind of loved it. It was, a, it, that album was fire. It was a, it was a banger. I'm it was so a good. banger. I want to see a solid DJ like go back and remix that whole thing and I would I would listen to it on repeat. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I'm here for it. Um, all right, y'all. Thanks for uh listening. Um, we will be back at you with another, I'm sure, very cringy song or Kirk Franklin stomp, which I keep begging for. <laughs> God damn it. I love that song. <laughs> I, I will defend that to the death. It's the only Christian song from the 90s that I know or remember, and I really liked it. <laughs> Have you listened to it recently? I feel like it's no. not going to hold up. Oh, I, I hope it would. I feel like I would date. I feel like you couldn't even get me to, to like stop and reflect on it because I would just be dancing so hard to it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> y'all, let us know if there's a song you want us to cover. Uh, we are on Twitter at Bible Bitches, um, and uh, you can hear us on SoundCloud, um, on iTunes or Stitcher, Spotify, um, Spotify, all the places where you can listen to podcasts. Uh, We want to thank Miss Eves at Yo Eves uh, on Twitter for letting us use her intro and outro music. Her music is all amazing. Like, go check it out. Um, and we also want to thank, um, at Aaron Doodles for the artwork. It is, uh, fire. We love your work. Um, check him out on Twitter as well. Anything else, Sarah? I don't think so. You were very succinct. You succinctly covered all of that. Oh, thanks. Good job. Oh, actually we're going to be at Wild Goose. Um, (gasps) our podcast is going to be what Friday night? I think it's going to be Friday night at like 4.30 or 5.30 yeah. in the podcasting tent at Wild Goose Festival, which is in Hot Springs, North Carolina um, in September. I think it's the weekend of Labor Day. Like the, yeah, it's like September the second or third, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so go check that out. I'll, I'll put a link on our Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, come find us. Uh, we want to we wanna see actual humans after, after, during a pandemic. We're still in it, but be safe, get vaccinated. 
Get fucking vaccinated. Vaccinated, guys. Wear a mask and get vaccinated. Please. We don't need any more like crazy strands. Okay. Mm -mm. We tried to have hot back summer and we got hot Delta summer and it was not fun. So get back. Anyways, love you. We love you. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.